Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria. I'm Marcus, Marcus Maurer. I'm here in Berlin at the Urticaria Center of Reference and Excellence of Charité. And I'm very much looking forward to this episode. Why? Because I have with me G, an expert in not only urticaria, but also microbiome. Nihao G, how are you? Hello, Max. Thank you for inviting me. And today it's great to be with you. Hello, everyone and the listeners. There is Ji Li from China. I'm a dermatologist from Xiangya Hospital, Central South University, which is located in Hunan province of China. Excellent. Very good. Well, I have so many questions for you, Ji. Um, uh, you are at a UCARE and therefore very interested in urticaria and I'd say you are a leading expert, not just uh, on urticaria, but also on the microbiome. Uh, why don't you explain to our listeners just uh, at the get-go, what is the microbiome? What do we have to know about it? Yeah, uh, uh, frankly, uh, the microbiome is uh, uh, some bacteria uh, in the uh, skin or gut. And they have some functions. They have bad or beneficial uh, bacteria that is good for good for human or bad for human, uh, and that they can uh, have functions on the immune system of the human. So that's my thing. Yeah. Exactly. And you know a lot about this. So let me see if I can learn a little bit from you. We have billions of bacteria and very, very many different bacteria in our gut, in our gastrointestinal tract. And they interact with the immune system. They interact uh, with uh, many functions that uh, uh, keep us healthy. And many diseases, chronic inflammatory diseases, are linked to changes in the gut microbiome. Um, Gee, what do we know about urticaria and the gut microbiome? Oh, okay, the role of the gut microbiome has been investigated in many diseases. Uh, the gut microbiome maintains intestinal homeostasis, plays a key role in securing the integrity of the intestinal wall and orchestrates immune balance. Mm-hmm. Alterations in the gut microbiota has been shown to be associated with allergic diseases, including atopic dermatitis and chronic spontaneous urticaria. Urticaria is a recurrent. Uh, chronic urticaria is a, cr- a recurrent inflammatory skin disease related to immunity. Recent studies revealed profound changes in the composition of gut microbiota in uh, chronic uh, urticaria or chronic spontaneous urticaria. For example, one study found that at the phylum level, the major bacteria in the gut microbiome of patients with chronic spontaneous urticaria were famulcates, bacteroids, and actinobacteroids. 
The CSU group exhibited decreased alpha and or beta diversity of the microbial population compared to the healthy control, mm. and the abundance of different kinds of bacteria was significantly changed in CSU patients when compared with healthy population. So okay. the metabolism uh, and the, the now the, the metabolism uh, analysis also confirmed that there were differences in short chain fatty acids. Uh, in, in short, is HCFA. Uh, then HCFA metabolism between CSU patients and healthy controls. HCFA such as isobutyric acid, butanoate is a metabolite of probiotics. It can act on immune cells, such as mast cells, T cells, inhibit the release of inflammatory factors and immune chemotaxis, such as L8, TF-alpha, and participate in immune regulation in the intestinal. Mm. Some studies found that gut microbiome changes in CSU patients were correlated with levels of inflammation and some clinical features, including response to treatment. Okay. Besides genetic factors, gut microbiota can also affect the efficacy of drugs. Okay. Our group review study showed that uh, Lacosa biopsy and its subordinate taxa were found to be the main differences in gut microbiota between responders and non-responders to antihistamines. Ooh. The abundance of lacrobiopsy in responders was higher than that in non-responders, and the lacrobiopsy exhibits moderate diagnostic value in evaluating the efficacy of antihistamine and therefore suggested that it is a signature for predicting the efficacy of antihistamine in patients with chronic spontaneous adhera. We very know fair. that very interesting G. Let me let me jump in just to summarize the diversity is different. We have more um, bad bacteria, I'm putting this in simple words, correct me if it's wrong, uh, less good bacteria, and all of this has effects in chronic urticaria, especially in treatment responses. Gee, um, I can understand that when the bacteria in the gut go crazy, when they are different than they should be, different than in healthies, that this can affect gut health. No, for let's say chronic inflammatory bowel diseases. But with urticaria, we're talking about a disease that is driven by skin mast cells. It's a skin manifested condition. What's the, how does this connection work? Something is wrong in the gut and you have effects on the skin. Can we, can we think that there are actually mediators from these uh, uh, gut bacteria that act directly on mast cells? Is it opening up of the gut wall so that things that should stay inside come out into the circulation and thereby into the skin? Help me to understand this a little bit, the connection between the gut and the skin. 
Okay, I think that gut and skin they have the, the cross talking or communication. Uh, it's when it is well known that the gut microbiota affects immune system uh, of of human even at a steady state. A vast range of diverse diverse antigens from gut commensals are continuously presented to immune system. As for mast cells, we know that skin mast cells in chronic spontaneous adhere exhibit increased susceptibility to act activation. Okay. But we don't know whether this is due to signals that reduce their activation threshold or reduce the exposure to inhibitory signals. Sure. Interestingly, short-chain fatty acids, CFA, particularly uh, acetate, propylate, and uh, butyrate, can in inhibit mast cell activation. Mm -hmm. The SFA is produced and released by intestinal microbes, such as uh, uh, um, formulates mm -hmm. a regulator of gut homeostasis. They can cross the episode barrier of the gut and reach the lamellar propria, where they promote the, the in, in, induction of CD4 positive T-Rex cells that, that can suppress auto-reactivity cells and also inhibit mast cell activation. They can regulate the growth and uh, virulence of enteric pathogens, promote epithelial barrier function by supporting epithelial cell proliferation, stabilizing hypo hypoxia-inducible factor, and producing antimicrobial peptides that protect intestinal epithelial cells, thereby preventing its destruction by pathogenic bacteria and harmful substances such as lipopolysaccharides, yeah. LPS. Yeah. From entering the circulation, oh, and cool. also have also have anti-inflammatory effects as they induce uh, some anti-anti-inflammatory anti, uh, cytokine like IL-10 and inhibit mast cell activation after IgE or long IgE-mediated stimulation. So signals that reduce the activation threshold of mast cells include pollen inflammatory cytokines as well as bacterial products like lipopolysaccharide. A decrease in probiotic can exacerbate disease by increasing gut permeability. A defective epithelial barrier has been demonstrated in allergic and autoimmune conditions such as asthma, atopic dermatitis, and chronic spontaneous spontaneous adhesion, microbial dysbiosis, and transepithelial translocation of commensal microbes, as well as further colonialization by opportunistic pathogens, is a hallmark of barrier damaged tissue increase in intestinal permeability, which might yeah. allow abnormal passage of bad bacterial products like yeah. LPS into the lamellar property and to the blood circulation. Let, me, example, let me jump in there because that's really interesting, G. Um, I like this whole concept of um, effects on skin mast cells that either make them more active or more ready to be activated, we should say, or that keep them in check, that uh, silence them or, well, 
uh, are inhibitory. And you're saying that um, in uh, chronic inflammatory diseases, including sp spontaneous urticaria, um, there is a disbalance in the gut where you have more bad bacteria that are producing these, I, I don't know if we should call them triggers, but certainly these uh, factors that act on mast cells to make them more excitable, more susceptible to activation. So my question is, um, uh, is it the, the reduction in good bacteria that makes the bad bacteria grow? How, how do these two relate to each other? Or even more so, what's first? Is it the bad bacteria taking hold and reducing the number and diversity of good bacteria? Or is it the good bacteria going down and therefore allowing the bad bacteria to make all these uh, substances that then act on mast cells to make them more susceptible to activation? What do you think? Well, I, th I think that that may be the, that is due to more uh, a good bacteria that leads to the uh, increasing of the bad bacteria. Okay. okay. But but then yeah. then G, the, my question, my next question is, why does that happen? Does that have something to do with what we eat or other factors? Do we know why the good bacteria start to decrease and allow the bad bacteria to do what they do? Is is there anything known about this? Uh, yeah, I, uh, maybe I think uh, maybe the 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 dietary uh, the the dietary uh, the the food can can influence the yeah. the, the, the gut microbiome, and uh, the, in some reports that the the, the dietary fabric can can make the uh, ACFA producing bacteria make them more mm -hmm. and and uh, and. Uh, and uh, it's harm is it's beneficial for the for the for the human mm. and uh, but further further investigation is needed to 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 study more detailed the, the mechanism of this phenomena and i know that you and your team are very actively uh, pursuing this question now on the other end of things now that we know that there is a disbalance, that there is a problem with the gut microbiome that is linked to disease activity in chronic spontaneous urticaria. Why don't we fix that? Why don't we normalize the gut microbiome and see if this helps patients with chronic spontaneous urticaria? Do you think that's possible? Yes, I, I think it is, it is possible based on the knowledge from published literature and unpublished work of ours. We think this is very promising and accessible. How, and, could, uh, how, how could this how be done, G? Do you transplant healthy bacteria into the gut of uh, urticaria patients? I, I, or do you hit the bad bacteria so that they go down? What, what's the best strategy here? So, so I, I just now we just uh, uh, translate the uh, the back the um, the bad bacteria to the mouse model, but not to on human. Mm -hmm. And but recent studies have shown that a number of diseases, including uh, autoimmune diseases, allergic diseases, as well as 
cis U has intestinal microbiomes that are different from the from healthy controls, and and there are there are uh, have been numerous studies using animal models of of probiotics mm-hmm. and. Even complete uh, fecal microbiota transplantation (FMT) to inhibit or or or, or de- delay the onset of the disease. Mm. Clinical trials of FMT in patients with many diseases, especially immune diseases as well as some allergic diseases, are currently underway, mm-hmm. and uh, are trying to uh, do uh, the FMT in. In human, in human being, and uh, I wish to collaborate with you. And under your guidance, we can uh, do. Uh, we can make some multi-center uh, clinical investigations, uh, investigations for the for further for um, for the further studying the uh, the role of the microbiota in human being in a chronic spontaneous care patients, and. Uh, and actually, in some uh, now there are some reports uh, uh, regarding the uh, clinical trials uh, of the FMT in in chronic simultaneous care patients. Uh, that is uh, in one blind RCT study by using uh, prebiotic uh, mixed with probiotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, study including 42 patients with CSU during eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, interestingly, this this results demonstrated that the probiotics are effective, safe, and satisfactory adjuvant therapy for CSU patients. Cool, very cool. I, I think yeah. you're onto something, Big G. I think this is uh, really promising. You know, you uh, and and others, of course, have identified this problem that uh, is obviously clinically relevant. Also, there is a path forward where we can have um, treatment that is based on normalizing the gut microbiome. Uh, This sounds quite safe uh, and uh, straightforward to do. And what I like most about it is that this is not just going for the signs and symptoms. This is actually something that could cure chronic urticaria. Uh, by normalizing the gut, by, well, gut microbiome, um, by acting on these good or bad bacteria. Very, very intriguing. Um, uh, Gee, I want to know from you uh, a little bit more about the questions that we now have to answer. What in your mind is the next step to actually moving this into clinical practice? Yes, and uh, and the uh, what's way uh, uh, and what is what is the way and how could we normalize the gut microbiome of CSU patients? Mm-hmm. As mentioned in one excellent review, in general there are three different potential approaches to manipulate the microbiota. One is to direct uh, modulation by adding or eliminating specific bacterial strains or co- communicates. Communities okay. that okay. is by administrating of certain bacteria or certain antibacterial uh, antibiotics or bacterial phage respectively. Mm-hmm. Okay. The two is to indirect modulation through diet, medication, or other environmental factors such as altering abound abund- abundances of existing common cells by diet, prebiotics, or others. 
Mm -hmm. The third is to replace microbiota by donor microbiota. Okay. That is MT, a more or less complete replacement of the indigenous microbiota through FMT from a suitable donor. Uh, that's and this, uh, I, I think the proposed study, uh, they are randomized, uh, they are um, double-blinded, and and uh, and we should control some um, other uh, risk factors and, and uh, to um, to uh, to keep the the study uh, safe and mm. uh, effective. Sure. No, absolutely, and I think. Just now, you have raised a lot of interest in the uh, global urticaria community. So I'm sure that other UCARES will be very happy to help uh, to drive this forward. Um, uh, I, I can, like you, uh, imagine that we have a global, a multi-center study uh, and a multi-center effort to explore the opportunity um, that you have just uh, outlined for us. Very, very interesting, G. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Um, uh, what about the skin microbiome? Do you think that this is of relevance as compared to the gut microbiome? What do you think? Yeah, this, I think the, the skin microbiome may play a role in the pathogenesis of of uh, immune diseases, especially uh, skin diseases like uh, atopic dermatitis. And now there are many, uh, there are many uh, reports about the skin, the skin microbiome on atopic dermatitis, but not in uh, the care. Yeah. Um, that's may part me in part because that in part uh, due to the uh, there we don't uh, we don't think that uh, the the epidermis is plays a role in the pathogenesis of urticaria, but I don't think so. I, I'm trying to find that the epidermis, uh, the, the cells in the epidermis that may have play, may uh, participate in the pathogenesis of, of uh, urticaria. Very and, good. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to uh, to uh, collaborate with you and to find some some new findings. And uh, yeah, I, I I also try to find uh, I try to study the the, the skin uh, microbiome in uh, in urticaria patients, and I try to find something. I, I I want there are some interesting interesting things we can where we can encounter, or 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 some significant things we can we can met meet. It's it sounds intriguing, G. And, and again, this is a call to all of our listeners. If you are at a UCARE, if you are interested in promoting research on chronic urticaria, um, or if you're a patient and would like to participate in such uh, research efforts, do reach out to us, do reach out to G, to the UCARE network. We will always, and especially for this topic, be happy to establish connections and to build a community effort to better understand how we can use our novel knowledge of the gut microbiome and its effects in chronic urticaria. Gee, I'm looking at the time and I cannot believe um, we are almost out. I'm not gonna let you go without a last question though. And that is my million dollar question. Um, uh, I, I want to offer you one million, no, let's make it, $10 million. You have to spend it on research. You have to spend it on chronic urticaria. If you had $10 million, what 
is the question that you would address with that funding? Ah, for Adikara, uh, uh, what the most I want to do is to prevent, prevent and cure the patients. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I try to I'll try to find the pre, uh, uh, the the risk factors of the for the uh, for the uh, for the uh, chronic care mm -hmm. and try to find some uh, new strategies to cure them. And yeah. most uh, and most questions my my patients ask me is to when Doctor Lee when I was cured. By you, <laughs> and that's a big task for me, and that's my my uh, aims to to do in my life. Yeah, yeah. we have uh, indeed we have so many care patients. They are they are painful. That they are they are very sad. They 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 need need to need our help. I think and. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, G. And that's the golden goal, isn't it? To develop an understanding that then allows us to cure the disease, to do something so it goes away and stays away. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm very happy to hear your enthusiasm and your optimism that uh, doing this by um, going for the gut microbiome is a promising approach. I agree with you. So let's use the knowledge that you have generated and uh, let's use your um, your resources, your expertise and experience to pursue this further. Gee, I, I wish you the best of luck and success with this research. I, I find it very promising and I do hope that the UCARE network can help with these efforts to investigate a cure for chronic urticaria. area. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Marcus. Today with me was G from our UCARE network in China. And uh, we talked about the gut microbiome and novel findings that implicate a disbalance in gut my, my, microbe, microbes and gut uh, bacteria uh, and an implication for chronic urticaria. Uh, very interesting. We will be sure to follow up on that and keep you all posted on the progress that G and her team is making. For now, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, and thank you also for your feedback to other all Things Urticaria episodes, we love to hear from you. And as a matter of fact, um, some of the episodes that we are now recording are based on suggestions that you have brought to us, the UK Network, so keep them coming. We're looking forward to your ideas on what one of our next episodes could be on. Let me know, let us know. Tune back in for another episode of All Things Urticaria. Bye-bye, G. Bye-bye, Marcus. Bye-bye to all of you out there. Stay healthy, and uh, I will listen to you. You will listen to us very soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.